Welcome, everybody, to yet another episode of the Wrestling vs. the World podcast. If y'all are enjoying your day, sweet. If not, I don't know what to tell you. But anyway, so it's been a little while since I've recorded an episode. Y'all won't realize that, but I've taken a bit of a break due to burnout. If any of you don't know what I'm referring to because of upload schedule and everything from 2021, I got a video talking about it and Twitter and all that stuff. To paraphrase it, I've uploaded too much in 2021. I mean, way too much. So... Back into the grind, and I figure, why not talk about a certain subject? Like, I've talked about past tower range from other superstars before, but there is one that's always been the most prominent that people kind of talk about. I mean, I could talk about the Reign of Terror, but it's been talked to death about over the years. But I thought, why not talk about John Cena's run as WWE Champion from 2006 up until 2007? Now, I'm not going to cover, like, his win-loss record like I did with Seth Rollins' tower run throughout 2015. And talk about, like, every single match that he had or title defenses. But I'm going to cover specific, like, notable points during that entire title run from getting to end. So, right off the start, yet Unforgiven 2006. TLC match, Edge defending the WWE Championship against John Cena. Now, Cena lost championship in it, or failed to gain the WWE Championship in a triple threat match somewhere in July of 2006 on Raw. with Also with fellow WWE Champion Rob Dam. Failed to win at Saturday Night's Main Event. Failed to win it at SummerSlam because Edge used brass knucks behind the referee's back, and the rule was if Edge got disqualified in the match, he would lose the match and the title. So they finally had this match at Unforgiven, where it's decided that it's going to be a TLC match, Edge's specialty, and the rule was if John Cena loses, he's banished to SmackDown. Now there has been rumors that with this match, he wanted to lose. He wanted to lose, that's been the rumor, and I think you could kind of tell based on his reaction upon winning the championship at the end of the match. But I'll get to that in just a moment. So the match finally happens. They had the contract signing. TLC all decided. Both men put on a clinic. One of the best one-on-one TLC matches in WWE history. Because normally when you think TLC matches, you think tag team stuff. But you don't always think of one-on-one. And I think this was maybe the second ever one-on-one TLC match. Like, I know there was one earlier that year between Edge and Ric Flair. But I think this was the second time ever we saw a one-on-one TLC match. The match was fantastic. They had one slight botch of Edge trying to do a sunset flip powerbomb out of the corner. To Edge through, or Cena through a table. But they botched it so they had to come up with a makeup spot which worked very well. Edge got legit choked out with an STF used with the ladder. At the end, they had an amazing finish. Both men were fighting on a ladder. Cena hits the F, grabs Edge, t- hits him with the FU off the ladder through two tables stacked right next to them. And, of course, on the network, they edited out where JR was like, Oh, Jesus, God Almighty! So they took that out. And then Cena pulled down the championship and won. But you could tell based on his reaction, like, normally when somebody wins a championship, they're ecstatic. They're jumping all over the place. It's like, oh my God, I won! Oh, it's like the first time I fucked! You know, stuff like that. That kind of celebration. But Cena looked depressed when he won the championship. He was like, yeah, I won. And even when he got off the ladder, like, he hugged his dad, but then even when he was going back up the aisleway, he looked back and he still looked depressed, almost like he didn't want it. I mean, you look at all of his other WWE Championship wins, he's ecstatic about winning the World Championship again over and over and celebrating like a babyface, but he just didn't seem happy about winning this. So maybe the rumors are true that he wanted to lose and go to SmackDown and reinvent himself. Who knows? We don't know for sure. After this, he managed, on the October 2nd, 2006 edition of Raw, he managed to retain the WWE Championship against Edge in a steel cage match thanks to DX's involvement. So that put the end to the Edge-John Cena feud for the next 
what, two and a half years? Because I think they didn't restart another part of the feud until, like, 2009 for around the time of WrestleMania 25. And then after this, Cena's feuds kind of got a bit iffy because there's no set direction for an opponent. However, one other note was the following week, October 9, 2006. He went one-on-one against The Undertaker on Raw. First time I believe they faced off one-on-one on television since 2004 when they were on SmackDown together. Because I know they had matched 2003, and I think they had some in 2004, if memory serves me right. So, first time these two were facing off in two years. And I believe this would be the last time these two would go one-on-one until WrestleMania 34. Match in an old contest. It was whatever. But then afterwards, next little feud-slash-program Cena would have would start because of Cyber Sunday. Now, they put up a triple threat match. John Cena versus King Booker versus Big Show. The big reason for this was because all three were the top champions. Cena being WWE Champion, Booker T slash King Booker World Heavyweight Champion, and Big Show the ECW Champion. So they decided why not put up a triple threat, and fans chose which championship would be put on the line, and they chose King Booker's World Heavyweight Championship. But of course in the end, John Cena lost because his next opponent came interfering, Kevin Federline, the now ex-husband of Britney Spears. Gotten in the match... Attack Cena, cost in the match, help King Booker retain the championship. So then this was starting the setup for their eventual match that would happen in the beginning of the next year. I believe it was the night after on Raw, Cena came out, saved Maria from an attack on Uma- from Umaga because temporary GM Eric Bischoff that night decided, oh, this two are going to have a match. Cena freaking hit the FU on Todd Grisham, cut a dynamite promo, like fantastic promo, calling out Umaga for going after Maria because he's got nobody else to beat up on. Then answered K-Fed's challenge saying K-Fed wanted a match on New Year's Day. And he's telling him, hey, take that $300 million you stole from Brittany when you married her. Buy yourself an army, a navy, and an air force. That's the only way you make it out of Miami alive. Because he said, hit me, baby, one more time. I accept your challenge. So said, New Year's Day 2007, John Cena will go one-on-one with Kevin Fairline. And this was also kind of the, also the helping bit of start of the feud with Umaga, but that wouldn't really get touched upon again until the beginning of the year. Uh, you look at Survivor Series, all you really had going on was his tag team would defeat Team Big Show. I can't remember off the top of my head who exactly was on both teams. It's irrelevant. The match was forgettable. Uh, next up, you go to something that completely voided the brand split. So Armageddon is a Smack was at the t- year was a SmackDown exclusive pay per view. Now Batista was having the feud with King Booker. And Finlay, and the rest of his cat, not cabinet, King's Court. That's what it was. And he decided he needed a tag team partner. And this match would main event the pay per view. So who'd he call upon? John Cena. So the WWE Champion and World Heavyweight Champion would main event a pay per view against King Booker and Finlay at Armageddon. And I think John Cena had at least one match on SmackDown in the build to this. So they completely threw that brand split rule out the window, and then not too long after this, they would stop doing brand exclusive pay-per-views just a couple months later. Now, and of course, John Cena and Batista won, so yeah, whatever. Uh, New Year's Day, 2007, Raw. John Cena will go one-on-one in a match against Kevin Federline, which will be a notice qualification match, and I swear I've mentioned this in the past. Anytime a match is just suddenly then declared to be notice qualification, you know the heel's most likely going to win because there's going to be interference. They just want an excuse to have interference, not do a ref bump or anything to help the heel win. And I know that they also got Johnny Nitro involved in this because Johnny Nitro was trying to help K-Fed prepare for this match. And thanks to Umaga's interference, Kevin Federline defeated John Cena. 
Of course, Cena got the last laugh when he hit the FUI on Kevin Federline before the show went off the air, so yay. Take that, K-Fed. So then this also kept going on with the Umaga feud, who would then go one-on-one, both men going against each other for the WWE Championship and New Year's Revolution. Now, the most significant thing about this was Umaga was undefeated up to this point in terms of never taking a pinfall or submission on television in the build to all this, because I think he debuted the night after WrestleMania 22, and his first feud was against, like, Ric Flair right off the bat. So Umaga was steamrolling over everybody. They had the match. Umaga went for that running corner hip attack where he's just running and smashes his ass in the opponent's head. Cena got out of the way at the last moment and got the freaking roll-up pin to end Umaga's undefeated streak and retain the championship. That that was honestly a bad finish. Like, a roll-up, a schoolboy roll-up, it's not inherently a bad finish, but it feels like a bit of, like, of a cop-out. It's like you don't have any other way, idea on how to end this match, so it feels like that's, like, the only other thing they can think of how to end a match. It's like, don't go with something cool like destroying an announce table or something involving a submission finish or anything creative. Just schoolboy roll-up, that's it. And that's how it ended on Umaga's undefeated streak. Really ended on a flat note. Now, after now on this same night, Shawn Michaels would become the runner-up for the Undertake for the Royal Rumble match, as Undertaker would win it. This would be significant because of the fact that after this, Shawn Michaels would defeat, I believe, Randy Orton and Edge in a triple threat match on Raw to become the number one contender to John Cena's WWE Championship at WrestleMania. So Undertaker chose his opponent as Batista. And Shawn Michaels shows his opponent as John Cena for the championship in WrestleMania. Before all this could happen, though, like with the continuing the build, on the January 29th, 2007 edition of Raw, John Cena and Shawn Michaels would defeat Team Rated RKO of Edge and Randy Orton to become the new World Tag Team Champions. So WrestleMania opponents are now Tag Team Champions together. Very uh, little dynamic there. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time that opponents, like, and people didn't like each other would be tagging champions together. I mean, we saw it with Shawn Michaels and Stone Cold before back in 97. Then they really heated stuff up, and no way out 2007. John Cena and Shawn Michaels against Undertaker and Batista. Two, a big tag team match to main event the pay-per-view, and the teams are both of opponents at WrestleMania. So John Cena and Shawn Michaels are teaming against each other while before facing WrestleMania, and same thing with Undertaker and Batista. Undertaker will get attacked by Batista during the match to cost his team the tag team match to, in order to deliver a message to the Undertaker and John Cena and Shawn Michaels would win. This would not be the last time these, this match would happen because during this build, Shawn was also saying that up until it's WrestleMania time, he's got Shawn, Josh John Cena's back. On the March 26, 2007 edition of Raw, he had a No Way Out rematch, Shawn Michaels and John Cena hit a double five-knuckle shuffle. Either hit it on Batista or Undertaker. And as soon as both men got up, boom, sweet chin music to John Cena. And it caused Shawn Michaels caused his team the match. Now, another thing to remember is at WrestleMania 23, these two had their match at the main event. But neither man even came out with the World Tag Team Championships in their possession, despite being the Tag Team Champions going into the show. Really showed that they didn't give really give a shit at, with the World Tag Team Championships at the, this point because they were secondary. I mean, it could have been another interesting thing saying, hey, WWE Championship's on the line, but it's still also World Tag Team Champion versus World Tag Team Champion. At the end, John Cena would get the victory, STF submission victory over John, over Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels got a little bit bloody, but still a fantastic match. 
highly fantastic match. But then when it came to World Tag Team Championships, the next night on Raw, in two back-to-back -back Battle Royals, both men had to survive this tag team Battle Royal where if one person of the tag team is eliminated, the entire team's gone. And whatever team is left standing would be the World Tag Team Champions. Shawn Michaels and John Cena would survive the first wave of it, but then Shawn Michaels would throw John Cena out in the second wave to end the tag team, and that match would go on to be won by the Hardy Boys. Because, of course, Shawn said he's got his back until WrestleMania, and I guess it was a bit of a matter of revenge for losing. Then we can't forget this one. April 23, 2007 Raw, all the way over in England. Both Shawn Michaels and John Cena have the best match in Raw history. Non-title match, one-on-one, -on -one, known as the London Marathon match. John Cena at the end, both men beat the hell out of each other. Fantastic match all around. John Cena at the end would whip Shawn Michaels to the corner. John, Shawn would do his corner flop. Cena would go for the FU. Shawn lands on his feet, grabs onto the corner to keep his balance. Rebound with sweet chin music for the clean victory over the WWE Champion. Now, this also gave Shawn some momentum because Backlash was the next pay-per-view. John Cena did not have a one-on-one -on -one match. He had a fatal four-way against recent challengers Shawn Michaels, as well as other fellow challengers Edge and Randy Orton. So, fail four-way match for the WWE Championship. This also had a bad finish. I mean, I just discussed what happened with New Year's Revolution. You look at Backlash, and it's not much better. Now, like I said, this match it had a bad, bad, bad finish. I don't know, remember if this has ever happened in WWE history, but John Cena, a babyface, got a clean victory through a cheap finish. So what happened was, at the end, Shawn Michaels hit sweet chin music on John Cena. Cena falls on Randy Orton and retains the title. So Cena retained through a cheap finish. And that's that's not something you see for a babyface. Like, sweet chin music fall... That, that's something you see like a cowardly baby or cowardly heel win because it's like, oh, they retain at the skin of their teeth. But it's like, for a baby face, <laughs> that's that's not good. Now, I believe the next night on Raw, they started doing this next storyline for his next opponent where his backlash, John Cena's backlash opponents were all getting taken out backstage. Sean, Edge, and Ray Yorn. So everybody was like, who's taking out these men backstage? Where are all these men unconscious? Could it be Cena doing this because he was the one that faced these men? No. You know who it was? His next opponent, the Great Khali. Ah! Oh, yes. The man who had also been going through another undefeated streak. So, two men in the same year who were monster heels were going against John Cena with undefeated streaks in terms of pinfall or submission. So I'm not counting Great Khali's last man standing match loss against The Undertaker before SummerSlam 2006. I'm talking about just getting beaten in the ring like that. Standard rules. Built, so this was then going to be the build for Judgment Day. And I believe the Great Khali even took John Cena's WWE Championship at one point. So both men went one-on-one. -on -one, and Cena retained the submission via another screwy finish. Because even though Khali tapped... It was actually shown on a replay the following night on Raw, thanks to his translator. It was He, he either had Runs and Cena or Davari as his manager at this point, showing that, hey, yeah, the great Kali tapped, but you see over here, the referee did not see, and the camera angle showed later on, Kali's foot was under the bottom rope the whole time, therefore, it voids the freaking submission. So, therefore, even though the great Kali is 
and on the record says his undefeated streak was over because he tapped out, there's still a technicality that gives him a right to a rematch for the championship. Which is weird because, again, you don't go with screwy finishes where a champion, like, does this or anything. It, that's usually what happens with a heel. Like, a freaking heel somehow wins by a cheap wave, then the babyface has got to bring up saying, hey, you didn't win clearly. So, this would then lead to their match at one night stand for the pay-per-view in a last ma- in a false count anywhere match. I accidentally put last night standing in my notes. One thing to note here, the January 2nd, 2007 edition of Saturday Night's main event. Both men would go one-on-one, and the great Kali would get a clean victory over Cena. That was a big surprise right there. So to try to regain special more credibility for the great Kali, both men had both men would have a false kind of match and when I stand. Both men were on this like crane slash boom lift type of operation device there on the stage. Cena would hit a big FU to the great Kali off of there onto the floor right next to him and get the pin to retain the WWE championship, therefore handing the great Kali his first pinfall loss. And that concluded that feud, thankfully. Now, I at least personally feel that that match was probably the Great Khali's best one-on-one match of his entire career. Better than the Punjabi prison match he had against Batista in No Mercy 2007 later on that year. Better than the... Oh, what other match was I thinking of? Better than SummerSlam 2008 against Triple H or anything else. So this was like the rare height of the Great Khali. And then, of course, Khali after this would go over SmackDown, World Heavyweight Champion... Yeah, it was a bad title reign, but it was the right time. You know, he was still white hot as a monster heel and everything, even with these couple of losses. It was a good timing. So now back to Cena. The next pay-per-view for him would be Vengeance Night of Champions. The very same night, mostly known for da-da-da-da-da, killing family. You know who I'm referring to. So in another big case of where you're having a big multi-match, multi-man match for this entire match. Now, I think they were saying that all the opponents... We're supposed to be former world champions. So I guess this means, because of his opponents, they must count the ECW championship as a world championship because Cena would be defending the WWE championship in a fatal five-way match against King Booker, former world heavyweight champion, Mick Foley, multiple-time WWE champion, Randy Orton, a one-time world heavyweight champion from three years prior, and Bobby Lashley, former ECW champion at this point. So... I guess it was a whole build. At the end, Cena would get the victory. I can't remember exactly who he pinned. I think he pinned McFoley, but he retained in a fatal five-way match. So, hey, he got a multi-man match that did not have a sucky finish compared to, like, Backlash. Now, they were still riding high on Bobby Lashley, and they decided, hey, he's going to be the new number one contender to the WWE Championship going at the Great American Bash. Both men would go one-on-one. I know they had some kind of debate type of segment where Cena was trying to mock, like, have a little fun, like, Bobby, going with Bobby Lashley, like, I never learned to read, like, and Lashley's just not taking any of Cena's jokes or any of that shit. Bowman would have a stellar one-on-one match, one of the most underrated WWE championship matches in history. I think Cena hit an avalanche FU for the win, but th- I think this was also the match where Bobby Lashley suffered a legit shoulder injury, because I think it was the next night he lost a match to Mr. Kennedy, and then he would have to have legit shoulder surgery. And we would not see him again in WWE after this until, I think, 2018? So this would be, the next night would be the last time we would see Lashley in a WWE ring. And then came the feud that never ends. The beginning of the feud with Randy fucking Orton. Oh. This was the feud that made people die inside. 
or at least the beginning of it, because I lost count of how many times these two faced off against each other. So, the one praise I will give this, though, was this was also proper timing, because after WrestleMania, Randy was going on a tear with this revival of the Legend Killer gimmick. He was taking out, like, Randy Orton, like, Rob Van Dam, Dusty Rhodes, I think he took out Sergeant Slaughter, and so many other people in the build to all this. So, he was riding high with heel heat in the build to this to really get him to that main event level. So these two would have a one-on-one -on -one match against each other at SummerSlam. I think Cena survived the RKO, which was stupid. Then quickly came back, FU, and he retained against Randy Orton in the longest match of the night. Some people love it, some people hate it. I might have to revisit the match to remind myself whether or not I love it or hate it. But of course, this did not end the feud, because I think it was right after this, they still continued the feud going into Unforgiven, and Randy Orton actually punted John Cena's father in the head on an episode of Raw. So Cena and Randy Orton's feud got taken so personal going forward. So they have the match on Unforgiven, and Cena gets himself disqualified because he's constantly attacking Randy Orton in the corner and ignoring the referee's five count. So another flat finish for the WWE Championship on pay-per-view. But then Cena's dad got revenge because afterwards Cena had Orton on the floor, locked in the STFU, and ordered his father to punch Randy Orton in the head. I mean, that was pretty damn good. Then, of course, they were they were building up to a feud, another match. I mentioned this three-part series of Cena Orton and No Mercy. It was going to be a last-man-standing match for the championship. However, things took a nosedive on the October 1st episode of 2007 edition of Raw. John Cena was going one-on-one -on -one against Mr. Kennedy. This might have been Kennedy's return match. Either that or it was shortly thereafter. Because I know Kennedy was returning around this point for his wellness policy violation. Which then caused him to go down the ladder in WWE. Both men had a one-on-one -on -one match. I believe it was the main event of the show. And during a bot chip toss, Cena tore his right pectoral muscle off the bone. Despite that, he still continued the match. Took the beating post-match by Randy Orton. Even took an RKO on the announce table, which did not break. Even though Cena was just completely out of it, like arm dangling and all, so he couldn't easily protect himself the best way on the table. And then Randy is just screaming on him, chanting, like counting to ten, while Cena was just completely out like a light. And then, of course, the following night, October 2nd, 2007 edition of ECW, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, or as I like to call him, Vince fucking McMahon, came out to address the ECW audience at the beginning of the show, replayed the video package, and announced that John Cena would be out or anywhere from six months to a year due to a torn pectoral muscle injury. And, of course, they tried to give credit to Randy Orton for that, but then I think on the side you had Mr. Kennedy taking credit for it. And, therefore, John Cena was now stripped of the WWE Championship, and they were going to promise a new WWE Champion at no mercy. So, that concluded John Cena's year-plus-long title reign from Unforgiven 2006 until October 2nd, 2007. You look at a lot of these, a lot of these you had very watchable matches. I mean, the matches with Shawn Michaels were fantastic. The last man standing match with Umaga at the Royal Rumble was like another great match. I think I might have skipped over that, but that was a great last man standing match. All right, and of course, the choke out on Umaga with the STF with the ring ropes, amazing. Then you had some with questionable finishes like the stuff with Judgment Day, Backlash. Uh, freaking Unforgiven. You had some questionable moments. Without a shadow of a doubt. But, I mean, it was a pretty damn solid title run. 
But there were some points, like I said, could have been better with some of the title defenses without chief finishes, but it's whatever. So anyway, let me know what you all thought in the comment section below. What did you think about John Cena's 2006 to 2007 long WWE Championship run? I mean, I thought it was pretty damn good, but there were some things where it could have been better. I mean, this wasn't Super Cena yet. I mean, we would see that later on once WWE turned PG. And as soon as I think Super Cena, I think of either SummerSlam 2010 or Over the Limit 2011. And I bet I've, as soon as I said those, people are getting flashbacks in their minds of those match finishes. So let me know what you thought in the comment section below. If you enjoyed this episode, please remember to leave a like. Uh, if you're listening to this on YouTube, subscribe with that bell turned on. Or if you're listening on any other uh, video or podcast distribution services like Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anything like that, give a follow if you wish. That would really help out. So anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. Like, comment, subscribe. Peace out, and good day, everybody.